Hi, welcome to another episode of Just Saying With. Today, we're just saying with Rachel Harding, Club Med's Chief Executive Officer of the East and South Asia and Pacific, who will be sharing about the impact of reopening the APEC region with the new vaccination travel lanes. And, you know, it's something we are all looking forward to. Hi, Rachel. Then hello. It's a pleasure to be with you today. And you did very well on that title. It's a big one. <laughs> it is a big one, you know. And, you know, it's an honour to meet you, a pleasure to meet you. Um, Rachel, so, okay. you know, travel. Um, yes. <laughs> so, okay, two things. Number one, we are all waiting for travel to happen. And speaking of which, where are you now? Um, yeah. I uh, well, Two things on that one. First of all, I'm physically in Australia. So um, as part of my title, Pacific is one of my remits, but I'm based in Australia. Uh, haven't been able to move myself in the last year uh, to where I need to relocate because of the reasons, you know, you just mentioned. We've been mm-hmm. we've been uh, trapped in this lockdown for some time. So I'm based in Sydney, but I thought I would uh, give you a little bit of inspiration today and take you to one of our club men resorts. Where do you think I am? I, I'm guessing Bali. Is that Bali? A bit Bali. No, it's actually much closer to home to you. It's Bintan Island. So ah. short ferry ride from Singaporeans and one of our most popular resorts, certainly out of Singapore. And we can't wait to open this one up again. Oh, my God. I, I, I You know, um, I think I haven't been to Bintan in about 15 years. Well, it's I'm going to have to hook you up. It's quite possibly 15 years since I've last been done. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, hook me up. And what I love okay. about the Bintan is that you, you you literally come from Singapore. So you're in the hustle and bustle of Singapore and then, you know, an, an hour later and you're in this tropical paradise. Um, yeah, yeah. You instantly and, feel that vibe as well. It, it's amazing. It's such, a, it's such a great place for Singaporeans to be able to, to just go for a weekend. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's another country. It's Indonesia, right? Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. So remember to bring your passports. Um, yeah. well, we'll welcome you anytime, as soon as we can. Zed, as soon as we can. <laughs> well, so, you know, that's the thing. Uh, how are you coping? Um, or basically, what's life been, especially for someone like yourself? So, you know, uh, prior to starting this session, we were chatting about how, like, say for me, um, I used to travel so much prior to the pandemic. And now I'm pretty sure my family is ready to get me out of the house you know um <laughs> it's not just i want to travel they can't wait for me to travel um but what's it like for you uh, how's that been well very similar um i think i mean i work in the travel industry i'm used to being overseas probably you know at least a couple of times um a month or a couple of weeks of the month being being away and i think like everybody it's been quite challenging um when you've had to adapt to being home full-time um, it's it's funny you should say that about family because we've all spent this so much time with with our families over this time. But yet, what's coming out of a lot of uh, surveys that we conduct throughout the Southeast Asian region is what people are yearning for after this is actually really good quality 
time with their families again. Because I think the time that we've had at home, although we've been together, you can't say it's really been quality. I mean, a lot of times people are homeschooling. Certainly that's happening here in Australia. Um, you know, you're on top of each other and you don't you don't have the, the activities and um, that kind of freedom available to you to be really able to be able to enjoy each other's time. So although I think we're um, driving my family crazy, I must say I'm looking forward to doing something else with them other than being stuck at home. I think um, you're very right there. It's not the time that we spend with the family that's, um, for the lack of a better word, issue. It's rather what we get to do with them. And it's everyone's high strung. It's a stressful situation, yeah. especially if you have kids. And, uh, you know, you're now a part-time teacher as well as um, nurse. Well, yeah. everything that I guess mm-hmm. parents are supposed to do, but, you know, uh, we've been... Uh, handing off to the teachers for quite a while. Well, um, I'm facing that. It has that. to be something for that. Um, well, your human connection as well. Like I think a lot of people thought we can just do business like this now, but there really has to be something to said for, um, you know, to, for human connection and, and and the need for that, whether it be business or leisure, you know, it, I don't think it, it really matters. You can't spend your whole life, you know, on a screen. It's so important for for relationships um, to to meet people face to face. So, I think everybody is looking forward to that. Whether, like I said, it's for business or um, like for yourself, or whether it is just actually to visit family and and friends or or to have a holiday. No, you're absolutely right. I think uh, the social connection is something that's so important. Like I, I mean, for on a personal level, I've never gone that. Oh, I need a drink. I need to. Uh, you know, grab a drink or something like that. But I've gone, ah, yes, I need to go to the pub. I need to go to a bar, not for <laughs> the true. drinks, but yeah. it's because that's where the friends are. That's where the social connections happen. That's where uh, you have conversations with people. And, um, well, I think that's something that Club Med does as well. So I've never quite, okay, I'm not going to say never quite. I've never been to a Club Med. Uh, let okay. alone, I've always read about it. I've always read about it. So you see these different activities. So you're talking about activities. You're talking about social. What sets that club med experience apart from going to a hotel? Well, um, maybe I'll take a step back and just explain to you uh, yourself and anybody who's watching who we are. So uh, we're actually 70 years old last year, we turned, and we are the global leaders in all-inclusive premium holidays, mainly for families and active couples. That's our target audience. We've got over 60 resorts uh, in the most beautiful locations throughout the world, and that's a mixture of both sun resorts, like you see behind me, but also mountain and ski resorts. Um, in um, in various places around the world as well. And the key to our success is um, the all-inclusive nature. So it's exactly as the name suggests. Uh, it's um, all-day dining, open bar, over 60 activities. Um, childcare services are included, you know, kids club, if you're skiing, your lift passes and your lessons. So really the, the, the premise of this is really that you can come, you can be comfortable in a safe and controlled environment and really just relax knowing you have nothing else to worry about. So I definitely think, Zed, we need to get you there (laughs) (laughs) to one of our beautiful resorts. Yeah, yeah. I would love Um, (laughs) So that's starting with what we are now. I actually forgot what you asked me in the first place. So that's who we are. Mm -hmm. And what was the second part of your question? Well, what sets, I mean, I guess you did answer as in what sets you apart from traditional or typical uh, hotels. So you've got activities, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the number one thing is that we're not a high-rise building in, in the middle of the city. We cater purely for holidaymakers. So all of our resorts are set in the most beautiful locations on huge pieces of land uh, surrounded by, by natural beauty, which allows us to be able to, um, to host our guests uh, uh, in an environment that allows them to do multiple things uh, that they want to. They can they can be as active as they want to or they can just simply relax and have a great time and, like I mentioned, not have to worry about anything because it's all included. And I think coming through this crisis, it's really interesting what the new consumer demand is and I think having these wide open spaces now and more, more room, um, um, being able to um, socialise if you want to but certainly have that distance uh, is going to be even more important and in an environment uh, when when we talk about all-inclusive that we can pretty much control all the touch points when it comes to safety as well so uh, I think it will be a, a huge uh, success we're seeing already the success of the business model in other markets but I think that will be something that people will look for especially with families uh, coming through the pandemic and looking for a holiday destination and, and brand to travel with. Now there's been announcements on VTLs, vaccinated travel lanes, um, yeah. and their implementations. Um, we know that right now, I would say for Singapore, if I'm not wrong, it's Germany and Brunei that Brunei, they've, right. uh, yep, they've got Germany and Brunei that are allowed to come in without the um, uh, quarantine period. But mm-hmm. what are the plans now? How do you see mm-hmm. this, uh, or what are the opportunities and the impact of these uh, VTLs that are now opening? in APAC? So the VT, um, first of all, what a, it's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. So this, just to, to remind everyone, is for vaccinated travels to enable you to travel to destinations that are allocated by the government and come back and not have to quarantine at all. And as you mentioned at the moment, that's Germany and Brunei, but I read in the straight times today that uh, other candidates now are Canada, Denmark and Taiwan. So I think as this moves on, they'll look to accelerate that. And even outside of Singapore, I mean, we've had some bubbles open and close with New Zealand from Australia. Um, we have seen um, uh, this sam- the, the, in Thailand, the Phuket Sandbox Program, which has been open for some time. Um, I know in Malaysia there's been a lot of work that's been going on behind the scenes to try and open up the likes of Langkawi and other destinations. So, I mean, it's just so good to see that we're getting some movement in this space. But I think Singapore, certainly for the region that I, that I look after, is the first that's really taking the plunge into opening up these, um, these, these green lanes, if you like, to vaccinate travellers and I mean it it does everything for consumer confidence this is what we've been waiting for Um, for for a resort company like Club Med obviously what we're waiting for is destinations to open up where we're located and that's probably been the most frustrating thing working in any travel company um, anywhere in the world over this time is this kind of stop-start nature and, and not really having any visibility on when this is going to end and so having to be ready for, for any situation. But, I mean, it's it's so exciting. Um, I know that um, the team in Singapore that work, that, that are working for Club Med there are, are just waiting for any announcements that will happen that we're going to align with destinations where we're located um, and away we go. And, and can, I, can I just tell you that as well, as soon as there is any 
ripple of announcement, you just see this huge spike in web traffic um, to those destinations, even if it's just talked about. So it just shows you the pent-up demand um, that you're seeing in Singapore, a bit like Australia, we've been stuck on this island for a long time. Um, and I don't even think it will matter what opens up. I'm pretty sure people will, will just go where, wherever they can, when they can. So uh, it's exciting for the travel industry now, but it has come with its frustrations, of course, over the last year and a half, um, being not just as a travel industry, but the people who live um, and rely on tourism, inbound tourism coming into their areas, especially on some of the beautiful islands where we're located. We just want to get that back there to be able to support them as well. Yeah, um, I know exactly what you mean. The moment we heard that Germany had opened uh, or basically was a part of a VTL, I was booking my flights to Berlin. Um, and then I was told to stop and to, you know, uh, calm down just a bit. But because, you see, Berlin was the place that I was supposed to go. Uh, we were supposed to go for our vacation just before the pandemic hit. And then we cancelled our plans. And well, Exactly. But uh, you're right. <laughs> Everyone is waiting. And the moment you hear something, people jump. Um, and I, I would say even in Singapore, the stop-start nature has affected the F&B industry where um, we can go out and dine or we can't. And mm. that's been switched on and off quite a bit over the last couple of months. And the moment you you hear that you can, everyone wants to just go and dine out, let alone travel. With the mm. stop-start nature, what has what are the different learnings or things that mm. uh, you've done to prepare for probably a new wave of people? Because, you know, you know, it's going to be a wave of people that's coming in. And why I was told to chill and take, um, you know, uh, take a minute to breathe before I book my tickets also was because so everyone's going out. And if everyone starts to go out, is that going to be the start of another wave? And are you going to be a part of that wave? Um, What's Club Med doing to handle or to tackle this? Mm, yeah, it, it's it's a great question. And I think, um, you know, for, for Club Med, uh, we have actually been operating a number of resorts. And at the moment we have close to 50 resorts that are actually open uh, around the world because, as you know, just because Asia has taken a cautious approach to coming out of this crisis, other regions in the world now have found other ways in which to open up their borders, whether it be, you know, reaching herd immunity, vaccination rates, testing, what have you. And we're seeing this, we don't even have to guess, we're seeing this huge demand that surpassing pre-COVID levels in, in the likes of Europe, uh, USA, Caribbean, where, where we're open. Uh, we even have our Maldives resort that's been open the whole time to, to markets outside of Asia and it has been running at really high occupancy as well. So, but what it's enabled us to do here in um in Asia is really um, implement what is needed in our resorts to cope with what a consumer wants post-COVID. And there is no doubt about it that safety is up there with now in the pecking order what people are looking for when they travel, whether that be the right a trust in brand, a destination, um, or what they're looking for in, in an actual holiday. So we've actually had to really audit all of our resorts. We joined forces with a company called Ecolab, who are the global leaders in um, hygiene uh, products and protocols. Uh, we have done. We have really just uh, looked at 
every touch point in our resort and made sure that we have now heightened health and safety measures, whether that be from where you eat to what activity you do. All of our staff have been fully trained to execute anything that may be needed as far as um, dealing with, with clients. Um, I mentioned before our resorts are in, in big open spaces, so being able to use that space to be able to implement all the activities that, that, we, that we have. Um, but also to deal with, you know, both vaccinated and non-vaccinated guests because for, for, for a company like Club Med, we operate in so many different countries. So first of all, you have to adhere to the protocols and the guidelines of that particular government and everyone's different. Um, people are going to require a mixture of vaccines, of testing, of proof of immunity, uh, a mixture of all three. So first of all, we have to go with those guidelines. It could be then different local authority guidelines, and then we're going to implement our own safety protocols on top of this. And by kind of falling a little bit behind the world when it comes to opening, it's a really allowing us to refine these processes um, so that when we do open up to the world in, in our region, uh, we, we're, going to, we're going to be ready. But to be honest, we've all, you know, where we've had domestic resorts, we've been opened in Asia already. So Japan, we have two resorts that have been opened in Japan to our Japanese guests. Uh, Malaysia has a bit of been a bit stop-start, but Malaysia, we have a resort that's been open. Uh, and also uh, in China mainland, we've had quite a quite a few of our resorts operating. So again, it's allowed us to um, work on our best practice and make sure that you know it will be flawless by the time it comes to opening all of our resorts in this region. And our Asian guests can, uh, Southeast Asian guests can. Uh, can go away and, and enjoy it uh, but certainly a lot of changes and, and not even that said even when we think about I talked about what people are looking for before their holiday you know people are now looking for um, not just safety on holiday but peace of mind before they even go when it comes to booking a holiday there's going to be this anxiety around you know having to change again or lose your money or you know so many people have had to cancel holidays I'm sure you're one of them multiple holidays multiple times um, so you know for us it's about implementing a peace of mind policy so that guests when they when they do uh, decide to go on a holiday that they know that they have options should they not be able to travel whether it be changing free of charge refunds etc um, so all of this has had to be uh, dealt with which we hadn't had to think about before uh, and implemented and as I said it's been rolling out globally and so by the time we go it, it'll be it'll be seamless it'll be seamless so Rachel uh, you brought a you brought up a very important point and now there's a lot of anxiety around well not just the travel itself but the booking of travel and when typically people think about well there are terms and conditions over there to get your money back um, and your booking fees but it's more also about the different activities that you can do in a resort like I'm thinking of mm -hmm. cruises as well um, so if I were to turn up at a club met would I still be able to um, participate in activities are the activities still going on hmm. and I think that's the beauty of going to a destination with a big beautiful wide open spaces like I mentioned before versus something like a cruise ship or a hotel um, where I would imagine some activities would be even harder harder to manage in, in the in environment that you're in um, we have uh, like I mentioned earlier audited all of our activities when it comes to safety and hygiene so that we can continue on um, running those activities 
Um, it's it's fair to say that um, part of coming to a Club Med resort is that this is available to you and we can control that. If you were to go to a destination yourself and you're looking for activities outside of your hotel, you can't necessarily control where you go, who you're going with, uh, when you're there. At least you're in an environment where you know that every time something has been touched by somebody beforehand, it's been clean and ready for the next person. If any activity is being um, executed, it's been done in a way that's going to allow social distancing or allow people to be able to do it in a safe manner. And that's not even activities. It comes down to even where you eat. You know, if you're going on a general holiday and you're going out to a restaurant, you can't really control that. Again, uh, in, in the environment of Club Med, we're able to control the environment where you eat and where you drink to make sure that uh, it, uh, it adheres to our Safe Together program and, you know, people can enjoy and relax in an environment that provides freedom but's controlled. And I think that's important. Control and, you know, control and freedom. I think that's really the balance today that we need to find. Um, you know, that really, um, thank you very much for that, Rachel, because you've definitely given me food for thought. And these are questions which I've always had in my mind that I just could never ask. Um, you know, I can't quite walk up to a poster of uh, a cruise ship or another resort and just ask them. And, you know, you never can quite get some of these answers sometimes. Uh, but it's great. Thank you very much for enlightening me on this. Now, let's talk about the future, a little bit about the future. Um, what are Club Med's plans for the region? Let's look at the APAC and uh, this part of Asia and the Pacific. Um, what are Club Med's plans and what can uh, potential guests and travelers expect mm. from the brand? So we, uh, I think I mentioned, we went into this crisis with, in a, um, in a, very, with a very strong business model. And uh, part of that means that we have a very aggressive pipeline when it comes to development. And even throughout the pandemic, this year alone, we've managed to open five new resorts. We opened a beautiful resort in the Seychelles in the Indian Ocean. Uh, just in the middle of this year, we have another beautiful ski resort in the European Alps, La Rosière. We're opening our first ski resort in uh, Canada, in Quebec, Chalabois, uh, at in December this year, and two new resorts in China as well. So that's just this year alone, and our plan is to actually increase our capacity or our our, our occupancy, our, our rooms, by about 25% in 2023 as compared to 2019. So quite a lot of resorts opening, in fact, around about 16 in the next few years. Um, in this region, I mentioned the Seychelles. Um, we, we have quite a few um, surprises that will come Pretty soon we'll be able to make some announcement, especially when it comes to further developing our ski leadership, so our mountain resorts in Asia. So stay tuned for that. But still working on, and still through the pandemic, we've been working on our beautiful resort in Borneo in Kota Kinabalu, which is due to open in 2024, which this region will be the perfect source market for. And we really look forward to, it's a, it's, it's a brand new resort. So it's literally being built now. So if it's not that one, Zed, I am determined to get to you. I'm sure we'll get you to something before 2024. <laughs> I'm determined to get you to one before then. But I guess to answer your question, the development pipeline is super aggressive. Um, we're being a bit bullish in our uh, exit out of this COVID crisis. Um, we, we're seeing the rebound happen in other regions. I have no doubt it will happen here in Asia, uh, as we've seen everybody everywhere else. And um, we need to keep fueling that demand so looking forward to bringing you some more news on that soon. 
Yeah, thank you very much, Rachel. You know, actually that for me as a consumer, for me as a person that, um, and I guess for you yourself, um, us as people that want to get back to, well, a normal, whether it be a new normal or anything, but back to normal, a normal that we can finally, um, you know, have not so much uncertainty about everything and to hear that you've got expansion plans and not so much about, because so much news about people that are not continuing business and the fact that we hear mm-hmm. that, okay, there are expansion plans here and that actually provides hope. It uh, gives a little bit of, uh, you know, that ray of light that says, you know, things are going to be okay again and that's where the industry is going towards. So I really hope that's the case and um, not just travel, but, you know, to, to be able to get to meet people again, that social aspect of things and that's yeah. what I, you know, I wish we could have this interview face-to-face and uh, that would have been amazing. Well, let's hope the uh, next bubble will be Australia and Singapore, and uh, yep. I, I, I'll take you up on that, and uh, we'll, we'll have a chat face to face, part two. Part two. Well, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us today and uh, for taking time Pleasure. off a busy schedule. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Zed. Take care. Be safe. See you later. Bye bye.